What if a black girl knew? You are currently listening to WIABGK, the What If a Black Girl New podcast. I have a very special guest for you today, Kojo Anim. What if a black girl knew that they are in control of every man's actions? I always say that women are in control of every man's actions. So we surrender to what we think women want. All our negative ways is because we think this is what women want. All of our positive ways, we think it all leads to women. Everything men do always leads to a woman. Not in a negative way, not in a lustful way. We have always yeah. wanted to impress you. Know, I've Kojo is a comedian you know, and filmmaker, kind of most well known for his work as an actor and screenwriter. He began his career in East London as a comic. A Why do you think a lot of the guys want to have chains and they want to have bling and they want to have nice cars? and Because girls like it. Girls respond to those things. Those are the facts. Why do you think a guy, you think a guy needs to live in a big house? He can't need to live in a A guy will sleep in a room for the rest of his life, just as long as there's a bed there. But we want to get a big house because girls like it. Am I going to get the girl I want with this room that I'm living in? No. I'm going to get the girl I want from the big house that she requires. Children. Men probably don't even want kids like that. But she wants kids. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Because she wants to have a family. And I'm talking about, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the ignorant person. Forget the guy who's got his thing together. Forget them. We ain't got, we ain't got to speak about them. They're, they're, they're already in motion, right? Yeah. And they're doing great for the community. The ignorant guy. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's do it. Even the ignorant guy is controlled by a woman. When, 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 when most guys have been nice, they've been overlooked. Because there's no credit for being a nice guy. You're supposed to be a nice guy. But there's a level up. You see, you see progress from a negative guy. Because now he's being good. There's no progress for a good guy. Where's the progress? You're supposed to. Yeah, but you're supposed to be a good dad. You don't get no credit. Shut up. We don't celebrate the supposed to. We celebrate the person that's been negative and now is doing a little bit of good. Oh, well done. Oh, progress. Because you can only see progress from negativity. But it's all, everything that a man does is to have a woman go, I like that. That is why men wake up. Men wake up in the morning just to have a woman say, I like that. <laughs> That's the power of a woman. Now, where women sit in society is where black people sit. What black people are doing is asking for permission to do what we want to do. So we can't just get up like myself and a few others and just say, no, I'm doing this. We have to say, okay, I know people that won't put on events because they say, oh, but I, I ain't got the money. Oh, so that means you feel like you need a sponsor. So now you gotta go and art someone. No, you just gotta scale it down. Mm-hmm. You got, you just gotta do it. But you want to do a big superstar, da 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 da. Yeah. You don't want to do a short film. You want to do Avatar immediately from nowhere. What if a black girl knew that they've always been in control and just do things? That's why when people say, "Why is culture doing a woman for what?" There is no black community if the women ain't raised up. Because I know that this household, this the black community, has to have strong women in it. Whatever women celebrate, men will do. If, if women really liked good men, there'd be a lot more good men. 
Kojo started performing comedy in 2000 after signing up to a comedy school run by a fellow comic, Rudy Liquid. His career was especially established after a sold-out concert in Hackney Empire titled The Fresh Prince of Hackney. Show called Fresh Prince of Hackney and it was on MTV Bass and it was my local theatre that I'd gone to for years and years as a little kid just watching all these people perform. I had no interest in entertainment when I was young. None. And then to... For everyone to come to your local theatre, everyone in there knows you, they've grown up with you, they've raised you. To come back there and, um, and to, you know, I mean, I've sold it out 10 times since then, but the first time was everything to me. I remember going home and just being emotional, man, but, but, but full of joy, do you know what I mean? Because for whatever reason, that one moment was all about myself. And I felt as though like I'd achieved from what I'd come from not knowing what was to come after that, but that very moment, coming from where I've come from, man, and people I grew up with and what I used to do, like, I, I, that was when I became successful then. Everything after that has been a bonus to me because I should never have even been able to do that, you know? So doing that for me, I think, was, was an, uh, yeah, an emotional... Through Kojo's successful career, he has gone on to work internationally and with various celebrities. In 2017, Kojo became the CEO of the Black Magic Network. The network is an umbrella for the Black Magic Awards, honouring black women in UK media. I asked Kojo to tell me all about this. Black Magic Awards was one of many things that I've been inspired by from America. Yep. What I love about America more than anything else is the level that black, the black community kind of come together. Now, of course, people might be listening to this and they'll say, there's always beef over there, there's violence, there's black and black crime, there's black and black crime everywhere. Yeah. But I don't choose to focus on the negatives, I choose to focus on the positive things that are happening. And, and even just to have a channel like BET, for me, is powerful. It's because you're controlling your narrative, you're controlling your visual. You say what black people look like, and it's black people running that. Yeah. So over here, for example, you've got Sky, and you've got all these African channels, or you might have some Caribbean channels, which for me are not any, don't bring the, um, the community forward because you've segregated us within us. We ain't got time for African channel. We ain't got time for a Caribbean channel. We need a black channel first that allows all of us to put all our energy and support into. But, but, we're, but we're segregated on Sky. So it's going to be even more difficult. You know, so for me, I watched BET and Black Girls Rock. I watched it a couple of years. And, and what I loved about that and, I, um, and the BET Honours is they're both award shows where there's no nomination. You're just saying thank you to these amazing people who have either paved the way, who are currently doing their thing, or who are coming up. It's, it's, it, I watched it and I was like, this is the most simplest thing ever. How many people can you honor? Zillions. So, first of all, the concept is for life. There will always be people to honor. The second thing is honoring. So that means people know who's going to be honored. We already know. So when they come with their speeches, they can go into more depth. It's not nominations that you've got to do quick speech. Yeah. Now, you can listen to somebody break down their journey, talk about some of the struggles, because it's, it's a, this is their moment. They've come prepared. So those things rang true. And then the third thing was 
Black women in the UK, who are they inspired by? Black women in America. Why? Because they're always celebrated. We don't celebrate the black girls here. My sisters, Taraji P. Henson is an idol. Gabrielle Union. People who she probably never meet. People who don't care about the black English woman's experience. They don't talk about it. Even on the black girls, they don't talk about the UK experience. So do we have a community of people that wait for the Queen to say, here's an MBE, for us to go, okay, now you've done something? Or do we as a community say thank you to each other first? That's what it was. An example is Jenny Francis. Remember Jenny Francis? Oh my gosh, of course. A woman who's been in radio for over 25 years. Yeah. Um, raised most of us mm. through Choice FM. Yes. No MBE by the Queen, which is minor to us. Yeah. But no recognition. And we're just supposed to let her go into the wilderness. Can you imagine? Like, like she didn't exist. And I, and I was like, no. I refuse to do that. I don't want to be a part of anything that's letting that happen. So I said, and she was the, the kind of focal point of me coming up with the idea. Then we're talking about your Jamelias, your Mystiques, your, your um, Angela Mars, people who have opened those doors. All these girls now that are on Instagram and Twitter and all the other stuff, like how much do they know about these women? Do they know these women exist and they're just down the road? Because you don't have to keep switching on the television or looking to America to get inspired. You can be inspired down the street. But how can you be inspired by, down the street if you don't even know these people, A, who they are and their, their journey? So it was all about being inspired by Black Girls Rock and then speaking to Anika and I was like, look, we've got to do something here. We cannot let this generation go and no one knows their story. You know, even if you're big enough to get on Jonathan Ross, how many minutes do you get on that? Three minutes? If you're lucky... You're just there, oh, I've got a new film out, or oh, i got this out. And then it becomes push, shove, pull, sell, sell, sell. But we don't do the thing that people buy the most, which is character. Your story. That's what people invest in the most. So Beyonce can sell a blank disc. We don't care what the, what's on the disc. We like Beyonce, so we're going to support this woman because we like her. Yeah. We're, not, we're not supporting her because she's the best singer. We like her. Yeah, exactly. so, so for me, that's what I wanted to do for black British women here. I was like... That to me, you know, I was raised by a strong black woman. So for me, I need to have her ilk. I was going to say, why, why you? Why do you think you are the person to do it and not somebody else? Because I don't ask for permission. I think, I think you know, I've, I've lived in New York. I've lived in LA. I've seen how Americans execute from a production level. I've been on Wild and Out. I've toured with Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, Chappelle. You know, I've worked with Russell Simmons for a year and a half in New York. Yeah. These ain't good, these are icons. These ain't people who, oh yeah, yeah, he's doing his thing. No, these are international icons who have taught me. Nick Cannon, mm. production, shooting, mm. you know, what, what, what's necessity when you're putting on a project? Mm. How to execute? You know, like I said, like there's many people who have award shows. And a lot of the time it's people's thing is, oh, I just want to celebrate people and I just want to, but, but, but if it's not executed well, you've, you've, you've tarnished the whole objective. Do, we, do people want to come to a badly organized event that's celebrating black women? No. They don't want that. You can't, you can't get away with, yeah, but I'm doing it for us. No. It's like people who open a restaurant and there's no customers and then they say, oh, black community didn't support them. No, you wasn't cooking something delicious enough for someone to go and talk. Do you yes. understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, so I'm beyond oh, this is for black women. It will never be for black women if it's not done properly. Right. And 
for me, I've been to all of the award shows yeah. and I have, I've had very strong opinions on the lack of organization and unprofessionalism at these award shows. So for someone so vocal, I always challenge myself. Well, if you know so much, Kojo, show, show, show it. We all got an opinion, but, but prove what you're saying makes sense. Make it make sense. So I said to myself, when we do this award show, the first thing that I'm going to, the only thing I'm concentrating on is execution. How can I make this feel like how the black American women feel about, you know, black girls rock? Yeah. Because Americans are doing something right. Now, I don't think they're as smart as us. I don't think they're as worldly as we are. But when it comes to execution, they're second to none. Yeah, I was going to ask you, when you're speaking about execution, what is, what is the singular most important thing to you when it comes to execution? Organisation. It's weird, I call it organized crime. There's crime where you get caught. Yes. But, 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 go into the rave, shoot everybody apart from the person you was aiming for. Exactly. The person you come there for, you miss them, but you, you've destroyed everyone else. But then there's organized crime, sniper. Plan, okay, this person leaves work at four o'clock. Organized. Now, that's what I believe is most important. You've worked with me on numerous occasions. Sometimes I'm on set and I'm the most serious person on there because I want to have fun after. I don't want to have fun when it's happening. That's my method. It works for me. I've always delivered that way. I've always delivered a product that makes people go, wow. I know my community from the most amazing person to the most ignorant person. I know what they what they tolerate and what they don't tolerate. I know what they demand. The black community have a very high quality threshold because we don't have disposable income like that as a, as a, as a people. Yeah. So we can't just throw money to something. We have to know, is it going to be good? I've saying this all the time. Like black people, we don't, we don't have hobbies. <laughs> you do it or you die. Yeah, like, is it going to be good? Because this little money that I'm putting out for fun... Has to work. It has to. And how many times have we gone to stuff and thought, you know, it was, it was unprofessional, black thing, ah, uh, you know, it was started late. All of that stuff, it's like, it has to stop. It's not just about putting on an award show. It's the little things. The microphone is not working. It goes off. The screen's stuck. I'm tired of it. I've been to all of that. If the screen don't work, don't have a screen. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So all of these things that have, have been the black experience and negative portrayal of how we can be i have to eradicate that in one shot so when people come to black magic awards the women especially it's what they feel like when they leave that's the most important to me not when they come i don't care what as a comedian you could have had a shit day and you come into my comedy club and i've got to make you laugh i've got to make sure that you don't leave how you come Another thing that we did this year was did we, we limited the amount of plus ones because I want you to come and meet somebody. Don't come with your comfortability and leave with your comfortability. You've wasted three hours. <laughs> when you come alone and you are uncomfortable, yeah. now you are, that's the sign of progress yeah. because the amount of girls that will tell you that what they left with, the contacts they've now had, the people that they parted with, there was no competition in the room because we was there to honour each other. So we took the competition away. Everyone's there was, to, was everyone turned, came, left their house to celebrate other black women, to celebrate other black women. So already, you're already in that mindset of togetherness and I can speak to anyone, there's a freedom in it. Whereas online, everyone's competing. 
in entertainment, everyone's competing. Some people are pulling each other down just to compete. Here, we're just saying thank you to other people who everybody knows that has actually had careers. Because we get stuck in this who's hot business, who's relevant. I would love to have a career. I'd rather, you know, every day have a warm dinner than one hot dinner. And everything else is cold. So, so the Black Magic Awards, it's all of those things. But the main thing is organization. If it's organized, people can relax. There's not, you know, I don't think for any moment people was at the Black Magic was thinking about, did they leave the iron on? Is my car parked in the right place? They wasn't thinking about anything else. Apart you are from currently listening to WIABGK, the What If a Black Girl New Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by my one-woman show, Four Women, showing at Battersea Arts Centre on the 21st, 22nd and 23rd of March. Get your tickets now. You said now. earlier on that, you know, you don't ask for permission. So I wanted to ask, like, within yourself, what gives, what within yourself, your character gives you permission? I think once I've seen it in my head, I know it's possible. Everything that I've done outside of stand-up, I've not wanted to do. I've had to do it. I've had to do it because... Yes, there were loads of comedy shows, but the, no one did a comedy club like Corks when I did my fun house. Yeah. Ask anybody that ever got an opportunity to come there. No, but there's not been a comedy show like that. Yeah. Because I knew how to execute. I knew how to, the DJ had to be this kind of DJ. Yeah. The audience were coming. They weren't even a comedy crowd. They were ravers that I was raving with and I brought them to comedy. Yeah. Um, everyone was kind of young at uni, mm. you know? Um, the most beautiful guys and girls were coming in there yeah. from all walks. You would not see these people anywhere at any other event unless you came there. Yeah. Um, a community, we started doing parties with everyone that would come to the comedy club. Yeah. So everyone knew each other. So it wasn't a typical party. It felt like you party with family and friends because yeah. you've seen each other. You might not know each other, but you've seen each other every week. Mm-hmm. There's a comfortability. You know, I'm going to see you next week. I'm going to, do you know what I mean? We kind of know each other, but we don't really. Yeah. Now we get to part. So I was, I was building a, um, a community of people. I've always been able to do that. Having traveled, I've seen how the, the, the greats do it. So this is, again, this isn't information from um, genetic people. This is information from icons who the world respect. And when they've given you anecdotes or they've given you tips and I've listened to them and I'm like, you know, Okay, this is how you do it. Okay, is, is that all? I remember, not to digress, but I went to, when I, before I did radio, I saw all these buttons in the studio. And I said to myself, I can't do radio. I got to press all these buttons. And then you find that you've got to press two. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, but it's simplified yes. once you get the fear out of the way. You can stay out of the studio and tell yourself, I'll, I'll never be able to do radio. Or you can actually go in there and make a mistake yeah. and go, oh, is that it? Conquering your fear. So back to the question of, you know, if you don't ask permission for me, yeah, yeah, I give myself permission because God gave me the vision, and He said, "Kojo, this is how this needs to be done, and this is how the people will respond to it." Every single thing that I've ever put out has got has got the response that I wanted. Every single thing, every single thing. So it's not what I've been doing. I've not done anything genius. Yeah, I've not done anything special. I've just done it how God's put the vision into my head. So we can all do a comedy club, but God has given me a vision of how to lay it out. Folk, if you don't focus on little things, you have big problems.
People want to, oh yeah, how many people came to your show? Yes, but a million people. Okay, but, but what was a million people watching? <laughs> to success, it's like, oh, he sold out. But what was a sold out crowd watching? I'm not interested in, I'm not worried about numbers. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. There's some poetry shows I'm sure you've been to where there's like 20 people in the crowd. Yeah. Amazing night. Yeah, for real. Some of the best nights was little crowds. Yeah. Dave Chappelle would never do the O2 Arena. Mm -hmm. He could sell it out 10 times if he wanted to. Yeah. He would never do it. He has to see the walls. I see. Intimacy. Yeah. So for me, small details, I love small details because I think, you know, you get rid of problems. I've been to watch shows where everyone, everyone in the building's got an earpiece. Everyone's working. Mm -hmm. Nothing's being done. No one's responsible. My pastor says, in any um, friendship or relationship or business, people have to be responsible for something. Because you can't have two people thinking, oh, I thought you was going to do it. And oh, no, you said you. Responsibility. Um, I like responsibility. Yeah. And I like small teams. I had a lot of people say, can we come and help you? I said, no. Don't want an audience of, of helpers. Yeah. I want two, three people. And then I said, we ain't got to have fun behind here. But we gotta have fun out there. Everyone out there has to be like, oh my gosh, this is when I hope this never stops. That's how we had people feeling. There was no big name artist, there was no celeb big name celebrity people performing on the stage. Never. Not the first one, not the second one. We just had the amazing dope people. People also loved that because they found out about people. Oh, Dilemma, oh wow. Never heard of her. But I'm now gonna come and support this girl onwards. Platforms. You know, I could get the big names. Mm. Am I going to get the right crowd? No. It's about everything being specific. When people said, oh, you start the night with gospel. Yes, because I want to bless this evening. Yeah. What is the singular most important to you when you, most important thing to you when you put up a project? How it makes people feel. How, how, anything I do. How does it make people feel? And because I, you know, I, I'm trying to get rid of people's excuses. So when I give you what you want, how do you feel after you get what you want? I spoke to a parent who said, you know, these kids are out there killing each other and they're doing stabbing and they didn't listen to this kind of music and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? You know what's good for them? What's good for them isn't being displayed as fun. I said, I can give all these kids a million pounds tomorrow. They'll still listen to the same music and they'll still go out there doing that. Yeah. They're not driven by money. They're driven by what's cool. We've all been kids. I don't care about money when I'm, I've got parents. They're going to pay for me. Do you know what I mean? So what am I driven by? I'm driven by fun. I'm driven by girls. I'm driven by cool. What's cool? What they're supposed to be doing isn't being presented in a fun, cool way. So Black Magic of Awards, for example, can now pull out these young girls. And we'll, every, every year now, we're going to give a school 30 tickets. And we're going to say, we want, we want 30 girls that you lot decide who's coming to come to the award show. And we're going to get them the kids. Because when they come there and they see Lisa Mafia and they see all these people, and oh my gosh, this person, oh my gosh. Yeah. And they didn't have to pay for it. You've now taken them. You know what I've not done? I've not said, you've got to be great and stop doing this and stop doing that. I said, there's no message without entertainment. You know how it is on poetry. You can be so deep and you're not entertaining people. Yeah. You're not even entertaining me, so I've not even heard what you said. But if you entertain me, then I walk away with the essence. Yeah. Black magic, the essence is that black women start loving each other. Yeah. I don't want to put that, that's, I don't want that to be a hashtag. Yeah. I don't want to tweet that. I want to put on an event that makes you feel like this year, we were started a half an hour late because there were people that turned up that didn't even have a ticket. Not a problem. Everyone was like, oh, this, that, the other, tickets, oh, where's my tickets, where am I sitting? They forgot about all of that at the end. Mm. 
They forgot that even happened at the beginning because of how we made them feel. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So everything that I've ever done from it being stand-up, and sometimes I want people to feel like shit as well. Like sometimes I might say something because I feel like sometimes the black community were comfortable in mess of, of how things are and we accept how things are. We, we lack um, patience with each other. We do, we're patient with every other race. Indian people can disrespect us all the time and we go, we'll give them another chance. And white people can disrespect us every day. We'll still, we'll still do business with them. One black person does something wrong. Oh, see what I'm saying about black people? I can't do this. We give ourselves one chance. And I don't like that. I have to challenge us at all times. Now, I am nobody's parent. I am not the big I am. I'm still learning. I'm still making mistakes. I'm still developing. And I own all of those things. And while we're here, we're supposed to let each one teach one. Well, I know stuff. So I'm putting it out there. If, if people know stuff, share that with me. Don't hold that to yourself. Because you cannot say, Kojo should be doing this if you've not shown me. I may, never, I may have never seen it. I'm not here to tell people what they should be doing. I'm here to show people this is a way that works. Another way might work. But this is the way I know how to get what you want. So it's all about feeling for me. How does it make people feel? And you know, the first time you ever did something, for example, a project, or when you first did your first comedy show, was, was there something that was unlocked in you? What, what was unlocked in me was I've never, ever been a complainer. You'll never see me complaining about the lack of this for black people, the lack of that, because I always say to myself, before I go outside of my community and moan, yeah. what's happening in my community? Yeah, you know I mean, like, how are we making money with each other? Much less people giving us money. I'm a king, so I, I don't want to beg no one for nothing. I heard David Banner say something that stayed with me. He said, lions walk with lions. If you walk down the street and you saw a lion and a giraffe walking down together, you would double take, you would look back. Like, real, like, that's not normal. Lions roll with lions, zebras roll, roll with zebras, giraffes roll with giraffes. That's what it is. So when white folks, for example, Give themselves all the jobs first. That's what they're supposed to be doing. Indian people. That's what they're supposed to be. I've tried to get a job at Phones for You. You think they can give me a job? <laughs> that is their thing, guys. Yes. Them first. That's how they do it. With us, when we get something, we go straight outside. Out. We can't wait to get a white manager or a white agent and then feel like, oh, we're, now we're rolling. Because we're away from each other. That's not how I think. So for me... The thing that unlocked in me was how to organize, you know, how to organize. So I think that it was when I had, when I was struggling to do more shows, I was a young comedian coming through and then I was like, I need somewhere to perform on a regular basis. So I created my comedy club. I had the biggest fan base at the time. So every, through me, they saw everybody else. They saw everybody else. There was no after party. There was none of this. They came, laughed, went home. It made them come back next week. What is this? That I've done that every Sunday for seven years. I don't believe there's a rave, uh, a, a club night that black, black promoted that's been going for seven years every week. They're, they're, like, unless somebody can shut me up right now and leave a comment on this, on this podcast, there isn't one. I've been to the best ones. Seven years every week, black promoter, impossible. And we kept it simple. It was just selling laughter. We didn't advertise really who was on. We sold laughter. 
So you wasn't coming because this person's going to be there and that person. You came down there and you knew you sold laughter. There was times when we had nothing but new comedians on. They were sold laughter. That is what I learned that I was able to do, which is organize and continue to sustain a crowd. What if a black girl knew Mega Man from Soul Solid? For me, Mega Man has done one of the most iconic things that this country has ever seen. On the, on the level of an NWA and what that meant to America, on the uh, element of young black men and being leaders, being a leader of all of these young black men, the impact that they had on society from where they were coming from, I've still never seen anything like it. I've still never seen anything in music that was imp- as impactful as the Soul Solid crew. Um, I know that you've come into being a family man. So I was wondering, did you always want to be a dad? So my parents, my parents um, went to jail when I was five. And, and then I was in foster care. So my whole psyche was, for quite a while was, would I be just like them? Would I be a letdown? Would I, you know, would I, would I kind of not be there? Would I be too busy? Would I be all of this? And then, um, and then what, when I started doing stand up, all the older comedians would say, don't have no kids. Don't settle down. Live your life. Now they're speaking as married men and a little bit of them have regret. Because they didn't see the world, they didn't travel, they didn't go for those opportunities because they had kids early, they had got married or whatever. So it was always jumping into me, live your solo life now. Travel the world, live there, do this show, work with that. Get up and go when you feel like for as long as you can because once a kid comes in and the relationship comes in, there's less of that. It's more about smart work and quality rather than hard work and quantity. You've got to pick and choose when you're going to make a move now because it affects other people. So I've lived a life for 10 men. Now being a parent, I'm not looking over my shoulder, woulda, shoulda, coulda. That to me is freedom to put all my energy as you've seen me do. As the overall creative that he is, Kojo documents his relationship with his current fiance, Tiffany. Hashtag Tiff and Kojo is an online series that Kojo displays his relationship with his current fiance. He explores the family life. I talked to Kojo about why he decides to put his relationship online. That whole process of Tiffany being pregnant I wanted to show guys, this is what you do in those nine months. Keep her happy. Let's make cheese on toast for no reason. Let's go and do something random. Let's do some funny... Let's have fun. Because she's going through it. She's probably feeling tired. She's got to get up and go to work still. Wobbling, wobbling, wobbling. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, she's getting bigger. All of those things. How can you... As What does a man do for nine months? There isn't a YouTube video that can show you that. But there's loads of stuff for women. So what I wanted to do subconsciously is not say everybody, oh, this is Kojo and this is how you do it. This is how I'm doing it. I'm the, this is my first time. I have no experience in this. But what I'm experiencing is making people feel good. And if I can do that to strangers, I've got to be able to do that to my, my girl. With me, it was us doing this together. She's my best friend, genuinely. So 
the same fun things I'll do with my, my mandem, I can do with her. That's the unique thing about what, what I'm in now. It, it allows me to be fearless in loving her and sharing the journey from when we first met. When we first met and we posted the picture together, it's been every, everything since then. It's all documented yeah. to now having a child. Yeah. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? Like the whole journey yeah. is literally there for everyone to see if they hashtag Kojo and Tiff. Yeah, your child can see it after a while. Right. Yeah. So for me, it's, you know, I'm a man who's come from messing around with multiple women, hand on heart. But it took me to go public with this relationship that I care so much about to refrain from those temptations, to refrain. Now it's public. Oh, now you've got to. It forces you to align yourself with what's, what you need to do and what the kind of man you need to be. Yeah. It forces you to do that. Yeah. Now and then, you might think, oh, little flashbacks here and da-da-da-da, because I've been, I've been playing the field longer than I have been in this relationship. Yeah. But every day, I have those think, thoughts I put more into my, 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 my relationship. I put more into our friendship. I put more into my son. Do you know what I mean? And I celebrate those things and that is my only focus. The business that we've got together now, it's, 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 it's about family. So most people are raised thinking that they're never enough. You know, so we're always like, for example, I grew up in an African household and most African households, they raise you to feel like your worth is outside yourself. So my question to you is, now you've got a child coming into the world, what are some of the things that you're thinking about when it comes to putting worth into that child? That is not outside itself. I have to pay attention as a parent. Not what I want him to do. What does he gravitate to? And worship that. Get him to worship that. Because that is education. Yes, we must learn how to count, read and write. After those three things, everything else is forced upon you. Reading, writing and being able to speak, of course. Yeah. Communicate. After those things, you don't, you don't need nothing else. Nothing else is a necessity. Yeah. Everything else is what's forced on you. Yeah. And I feel as though the sad part about uni and the reason why uni is declining is because it gives you no guarantees. And I feel as though if you spend four years on a, a uni degree yeah. and you still got to go and look for work, Imagine. I'm now in debt. I'm now in debt for coming to a place that my family stressed me to come to. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, I've probably done this degree that I don't really care about, my family, just to shut my family up. But what's the, what's, where's the, where's the joy in it for me at the end? Yeah. I'm now got this degree, this paperwork, which is all it is. It doesn't mean I can actually go and do something still, because mm -hmm. I still got to prove the practical. But now I have the paperwork that qualifies me, but I have no job. And I feel like university has to place people into jobs immediately. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there's a lack of it. So that now, if I'm outside and I haven't gone to uni, mm -hmm. damn, man, I'd rather get a placement straight away so if that's the way, I'm going to uni. Yeah. Now I'm going back to uni because I know I'm guaranteed a job. Yeah. But we don't do that here. We just tell people to study and then we just go, yeah, go mix it with the people that haven't even studied that are working. And that's what is unfortunate about the university education system. So I can't allow them to raise my son. So you feel like your focus on your, your son's own loves is what is actually going to shape his life? 100% because... because if you, if you interfere with what he gravitates to, or your child gravitates to, you're already pulling them back. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, like, like my, my, my um, godson loves cars. 
And ever, ever since then, his dad encouraged cars. Now he knows every car. Now he knows about the engine. Now, now he, now he, he might become a mechanic. He might work for F1 and um, 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 racing as a, you don't know. Yeah. He naturally gravitated to that. Why am I going to go and tell him, go and keep bull? Or go, here's a microphone. Because I've seen that, that, that that's what makes money. Mm. Go and do this. Mm. No. He will make money out of what he loves, not what he likes. And that's what I wish somebody had done with me. When, when I was playing football, no one ever came to watch me play. Okay. Now, so I now have to just go and play football. I have to get home with it. Yeah. But you playing in front of your mum, you playing in front of your family, yeah. that's a whole nother. You see, go out and you see all these white kids. Yeah. Ain't as good as you, but their mum and dad's out there rain snow, no business. I was curious about Koja's relationship with women. As the CEO of the Black Magic Awards and running a platform that celebrates and spotlights women, I wanted to know his relationship with women and what he thought about the women close I think to ultimately, him. Ultimately, my aunt raised me, my aunt Sandra, so that to me is the most amazing woman I've ever met. I know. So I, as most guys would, would naturally match. That's the level you gotta be. Yeah. That's the level you have got to be. For me to take you seriously, you've got to be this kind of woman. Yeah. I, th I don't think that's right, yeah. but that's what it was for me. Okay. No woman wants to hear that they gotta be like this person, yeah. especially if they're nothing like them. True. You don't have to be, but that's the woman. That, that's the kind of woman that I'm gonna respect. Yeah. That's the kind of woman that I'm gonna be true to. That's the kind of woman that I'm going to be honest with. So maybe you just ain't for me. Because there's someone else that is, you know, is wanting you. But I've, I was very clear on that. So the relationship she's had with me um, and, and the, the, the life that I've grown up in, I had a lot of female cousins and they were older. And, you know, they always used to talk to me about girls from their perspective and just grown. I was young. But I've always, and I've got sisters. Yeah. I've got sisters. How would I want a man to treat my sister? You know, I have a very limited threshold when it comes to them. If anyone did anything to them, there's, there's, there isn't a word that I could say. I'd, I'd probably go mad and do some crazy stuff. So as a man, what, what am I doing on the, on the other side of that then? You know, as a man, well, how am I treating women? Um, and one thing that I felt as though I've carried from day one is never to lie to women. Okay. Have you stuck to that? Of course I have, because lying to me is power over me. That's how I see lying. If you make me lie, you've got power over me. There's a fear that I have in telling you the truth if you've asked me something. So for me, they, you know, I, 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 I would believe that most of the women that I've dealt with in my life could all still say something nice about me. They may not be happy, but they'll still, in their right mind, be like, Koja's a decent guy. It didn't work out for whatever reason, but Kojo was cool when we was together. Newly becoming a father could be quite difficult, but Kojo explains to me what he feels being a father will mean and does mean to him. It's everything that I've wanted in a family from coming from a broken one. That's, that's, that, that, that's, that's how I'm doing it. I'm doing everything that I didn't have. I'm being the person that I would love to have met. Do you know what I mean? Because we could all sit here, you know, my book that I'm writing is called No Excuses. Okay. That's the title of my book because when you read my life story, yeah. you, you would laugh at yours. And I'm not saying my life story is more deep than anyone else's. I think everyone's got a deep story. But how many people have come from that kind of story and achieved what I have? That 
That is the message. Not my story is more painful than yours. These were my excuses that I never used. And look at the success. Now I can tell that story and then people go, wow. He was going through all of that and managed to do all of this. Immediately you look at yourself and then you say, what are my excuses? Oh yeah, this has happened to me, but why am I letting that stop me? So that's what this is all about. So for me, women have played a big part in my life and in my story. And everything that I've learned from different relationships, from different friendships, has me putting all the energy that I know it takes to sustain. I'm not trying to sustain the love with my missus. I'm trying to sustain a friendship. Yeah. You make so many people laugh. You make loads of people in the world laugh. What makes you laugh? The most silliest of things. The things that... Um, I, I like cleverness. I think I've liked that more as I've got older. I like... Oh, that, that was clever. I love when someone sends me down the dark alley and I don't know what's coming. And then I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. I, I hate predicting, because obviously when you're in comedy, like you're in poetry, you can kind of see where things are going because you analyze and all oh, this, that, the other. Um, and you forget to just enjoy it, you know? And that's what we all suffer from as performers, just, just being. When was the last time you had a belly laugh? Like you literally burst out and like... Tiffany, you know, my girl. <laughs> She's crazy. She's got this thing that she does, yeah, where when she gets angry, she's because she's from Birmingham, yeah. so, so she's got that Birmingham accent. Yeah. But as as she continues to get angry, it just starts to talk like this and this is why. And she turns into like she's like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. She goes, Coach, I don't know why you keep doing that. And then this is why I sent her here. Why I can't? And then that, when she does that, sometimes I provoke her on purpose because I love when she does it because it's it's funny. Like like this girl's funny. And you know what's funny? Like. The way, the way me and her is, it's like my wife and kids, sort of. Yes. It's just banter all the time. Do you know what I mean? We laugh at each other. We don't take each other too seriously. When we have an argument, we fix it immediately. We don't go to bed with it. Because we're friends, man. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's more of what we're, we care about, with our friendship. Do you know what I mean? So we laugh a lot. Do you see what I'm trying to say? When she says she can, but she, when she says, oh, babe, I'm cooking something, and then she burns it. And then it ends up being like, okay, let's get some other food. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for real. All I Or when she tells me, don't put something in there. And I'm like, no, no, no. I know this is how to do it. And then it doesn't work. Like, we laugh at those things. you know what I mean? Because it takes away being serious all the time. So I think, I think what I love is silly things make me laugh. Silly things. What if a black girl knew to buy Tiffany Haddish's autobiography? That book, it shows you how somebody can come back it's so inspiring because pff, i mean the average american lives a nuts life trust me when they're broke they ain't british broke where we're broke we're still raving yes <laughs> still it's, getting drunk no. yeah. um when it's gutter over there it's really good and this girl has been to helen back yeah. and and to, to to see a woman go through that broken homes foster care da -da 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 -da, molestation, uh, abuse, to, to, and then you still want to make people laugh? You want to make other people feel good after that? And um, that book was mind-blowing to me. Um, and I think, what if a black girl knew Black Unicorn, yes. the book? It would be so inspirational for them, yeah. You were listening to WIA BGK, the What If a Black Girl New podcast. I have learned so much from Mr. Kojo and Nim, and I hope you got to know. What if a black girl knew Kojo and Nim?
What if a black girl knew that she would be desired by others only if she desired herself?